It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Matchup Podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. I'm John Hansen, Greg Cosell from NFL Films is ready to go. We record this every Wednesday night. Greg has been grinding through uh, the tape from week four for a good three full days. Still not finished the process. Just a little sample here, a little snippet of some of the analysis we get from Greg Cosell. Every Thursday night, me, Greg, and Adam Kaplan convene for FantasyPoints.com subscribers, of course, for the live stream. Check that out on the site where where you get all the media stuff, of course. It's on demand. And then if you're not a subscriber to the site, Fantasy Points data is starting to roll. We've got four weeks of data, so more uh, tools coming and great analysis. And you can use that promo code Hansen22 and save 10% off. Greg, uh, how has um, how is week five treating you as we prepare for the week thus far? Hello. Well, the nice thing, the nice thing, John, and you know, is that obviously, you know, when we speak on Wednesday night when we're doing this, I can't see, you know, every game or even half the games, you know, because I grind away the rest of the week and I even work Saturdays and Sundays sometimes before the games. But I'm starting to get a feel for a lot of teams now because they're yeah. starting to define themselves. So <clears throat> I never think it's always perfect because so much in the first four weeks or what teams do in the off season because they look at their first quarter of their schedule. So you don't want to make a blanket statement that this is exactly what a team is, but I'm starting to get somewhat of a feel. So it's, which I kind of like, because now I feel like, okay, I got a sense of their personnel, how they use them. I got a feel for what they do, you know? So it's, it's, I really like that because the first couple of weeks you're just kind of, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to figure it out. It is more difficult than ever, I think, though, because, boy, the old Belichick, you know, like every week's like a new season. That does seem to be a little more prevalent to me. I feel like teams are, you know, we're so sophisticated now, all the analytics. Coaches are just still looking. Maybe they're groping. Maybe just for that edge. It does seem like teams change their identities basically a lot in in this league. Um, I would say not identities, not but identity, but weak things because yeah, you know, these coaches, and I know sometimes if teams lose fans don't think this way, but you and I know, know, you know, we're in the business and I certainly know a lot of coaches and have had opportunities through the years to get to know some well and talk to a lot, but you know, these coaches are pretty smart. So, you know, they know the way other coaches think they know what they do. You know, I learned one thing pretty early on when I was working with Ron Jaworski. I think he told – no, it may have been him. It may have been a coach who told me this, who said, coaches coach against coaches. Because if a guy's been in the league for a long time, he does – it doesn't mean they know exactly what he's going to do on every third and five, John, but they have a sense of of what a guy sort of is all about as a coach. Well, maybe maybe a good way to say it instead of identity was like maybe fewer staples. I think um, if you have – if you have fewer staples, yeah. it's it's less opportunities to for like a guy like Belichick to try and take away one staple or two that yeah, you do and then best. I think, I think that depends on the coach. I think there are yeah. coaches who believe, hey, let's do ten things great, 
and there's other coaches who believe variety is the spice of life. We've got to do a lot of things and show the defense or the offense a lot of things. I also think it's a little bit more about this week based on the matchup. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's going to be this yep. guy, you know? Yeah. Because you know what? We used to say there's only 16, but now there's 17, but it's still not a big number relative to other sports. And the goal is to win each week. So, you know, whatever you have to do to win each week is what coaches ultimately want to do. You know, I think for what we do, what I do, it is a little more difficult. And I think a good example as we get into it here would be like Frank Reich and his utilization of these tight ends. It'll right. it'll it'll drive me to retirement here trying to break down Reich and these tight ends. But what do you see on tape with the Colt offense? Obviously, they're not going to have Jonathan Taylor, but man, this whole line seems to be really bad right now and Matt Ryan seems to be kind of adding to the problem. Well, you know, look, Matt Ryan is a quarterback. Every quarterback wants to be protected. That's not the point. Yeah, he's yeah. a quarterback that has to be protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the other thing is is he doesn't have a big arm, so he has to stride to throw the ball with, yeah, with yeah. any kind of velocity. True, you know? true. Yeah. And it, it, the O-line's been a bit um, been a, a bit of a struggle, as everybody knows. That's not a profound statement. But yeah. they have played, you know, like you said, you know, you do notice the tight ends. They play with two tight end sets. You know, not – I'm sure the percentage is is relatively high. Um, you know, they're not they're not at the top of the league, by the way, just so you know. It, it's not like they're – you know, they're, they're middle of the road as far as percentage of playing with 12 personnel. It's just that this past week in particular and the week prior with Jelani Woods, who, by the way, we talked about a lot leading up to the draft, and I liked him a lot. I didn't think he'd be a factor this early. I'm just yeah. Just because he didn't have a ton of experience right. in the passing game. He only really played one year in college his last year at Virginia where he was a receiver. His prior years at Oklahoma State before his transfer, he was not a receiver. So, you know – and Mo Ali Cox, I mean, they're they're yes. doing some good things with the tight ends, and and they don't have to line up attached to the formation. Mo Ali Cox is very athletic. Well, maybe to the point of like the the age of specialization. You know, Jelani was. Are you ready to be a complete player? Hell no. But you know, you you learn a couple packages, and you know, use them for twelve snaps. You know, yeah. and a couple plays, and he's just now a big part of the the puzzle here. I'm very curious what you think, what you think about Alec Pierce on tape, because I think he's really flashed. I haven't studied him, but I like the way he's moving the last couple of weeks. You say that because I think, again, he becomes a function of the passing game as a whole, but let's say that does get better. I think he's ready to emerge a bit. And by emerge, I don't want people to think that, oh yeah, I'm saying he's going to catch 75 balls for 1200 yards. Uh, That's not what I'm saying, but he moves well. You know, they use him as the boundary X. Yeah, yeah. Not Pittman. So that, I think, tells you how they see him. Yeah. And I think that he is ready to take a – to become more of a factor. Let's put it that way. He'll become more what – that, what that means in terms of targets. Look, I don't know what you thought, just to throw in a side out. You know, I don't think anybody thought that Hollywood Brown would have 39 targets in the last three weeks. You know, sometimes stuff happens that you, don't, you can't really predict. Yeah, and I think one of the things people are starting to look at already with Michael Pittman is, you know, maybe not the greatest guy against man coverage, you know, maybe a little bit more of a zone guy. And, you know, I'm sure 
Greg, he'll probably see a lot of Patrick Sertan. So that's I'm looking at at Alec Pierce as maybe a guy uh, that's you know kind of critical in, in this game. You know, they don't have much else on the outside there. They 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 do play Paris Campbell. Have you seen anything positive from Paris he Campbell? He's been playing, yeah. But I I mean I I think he caught a ball, but I haven't really noticed, noticed him. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. but you know. It's a shame for his career because the guy's six two two oh five and can run. Yeah, I know. He's had moments. And, yeah, you know, he just never can stay on the field. I mean, I remember last year he got hurt on a play where he caught, I think, like a sixty yard touchdown from Wentz. And and before you found out that he was hurt, you're thinking, oh man, this guy's coming on. And you know, but you know, look, if everybody's healthy, if they can protect better, you know, with Pierce, Pittman, and 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 uh, Campbell. That's not a bad group. It's a big group, and and they, you know, Pittman's probably the slowest of the three, and yeah, slow. Yeah, you think Ronald Darby? Um, just off the top of your head, uh, you know, how, how do you think he's been playing lately? Last, you know, year basically here in this. Um, I think he's a solid player. You know what they've done is they've clearly made Sertan their matchup corner. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm talking Pierce here because he's going to be on Pittman. You got to think. Uh you know, it's funny. Will they see any one of these guys as somebody Sertan has to match up on? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, I wish yeah. I could help John and, and give a definitive answer and say this is exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, is there a receiver based on what the Colts have done through four games where you say this is the guy we, we're going to put Sertan on because we got to take him away? I would say Pittman just because, I mean – Volume. He, he's the most. Yeah. He's the most targeted receiver. Clearly, and, and Pierce is only playing like half the snaps. Though that's the thing. I right? know they play a lot of people. Yeah. Right. So I, I do like Pierce though as a sleeper. Any thoughts on Naheem Hines here taking over? I feel personally like Naheem Hines can. You, you need him to be your lead guy. He could probably handle that. I think he could handle it certainly for a game. Couple weeks, you yeah. know. I yeah, mean, he's getting twenty nine carries, but. He's always been a little bit of an underrated inside runner, I feel. Yeah, and I think that um, um, you could certainly do – I mean, he did that in college. It's just he's not big enough to do it in the NFL on a weekly basis. You know, because the one thing they've been doing a lot of, and I don't know who their – I should probably know this, John. I I don't know who the next man up is behind Hines. Um, Well, they've got Deion Jackson plus – who is um, an undrafted guy out of Duke who had a pretty good measurable guy. But then they also have Philip Lindsay. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. what they've been doing, and they did it a lot this week, but obviously it's not going to happen tomorrow night, is they've been playing with the pony package where Hines and Taylor are on the field together. Yeah. Hey, why wouldn't you? They they are a little lacking in weapons and diversity and, you know, the offensive line, again, not looking good here. Um what about the Colt D? What What are your impressions of uh, that that side of ball, if any, thus far? Um, you know, I mean, I think look, Leonard's going to be out again, but they haven't really played with him except for part of the game this this past week. Very weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad D. I think it's a front four driven defense. They're not a big blitz team. Um, they play mostly single high safety because it's Gus Bradley's defense. Um, you know, so, you know, it's not a dominant D, although the front in any given week can be dominant. I know Buckner has not recently played a lot of snaps because he's been fighting an injury and that's hurt them because he's a really good player. Um, and Ken, yeah, he's probable. He's probable this week. 
He's yeah, probably more than he's, But yeah. I think he only played 20 snaps or so this past uh-huh. week. Right, right. So, you know, but I think it can be a really good D. Um, they've gotten some solid play at linebacker with Leonard out from guys like uh, Franklin, Eli Speed, one of the great names. He's yeah. 45. He's played well. Um, obviously, Okereke is a good player. So I think it's a good defense. Denver, obviously, the Javante Williams tragedy. Uh, I know for you that's a major buzzkill, John. Did you, uh, did you go in mourning for a brief time? Um, I'm just now coming out of it. Um, it it's it's rough. But, uh, you know, you feel bad for the kid because when you, when you watch the tape, it's like you don't even need to look into what he's doing because you're like – you watch him, you're like, yeah, that kid is doing everything he can be to be great, right? I mean, it's obvious. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's he's in tip top shape. He's bringing it. You know, he's making guys miss. He's getting yards after contact. Well, Look, you know, I I don't do this, and maybe you know others do. I mean, I don't rip coaches, but I thought watching Devonta Williams coming out of college and the style of runner that he was is that he was a volume runner and needed carries. Now, having said that, I don't mean he needs to carry twenty five times a game, but I didn't see him as like as a committee back. Well, not to get into it, because I know this is not your wheelhouse, but I I will always believe that there's some correlation between the asinine utilization and this damn injury, honestly. I, I know we'll never know, but it can't be good for a running back to always be looking over your shoulder. Nonsensical rotation. and You're in, you're out, you're hot, you're cold, you're in the rhythm, you're not. Then all of a sudden now you're pressing. I mean, hell, I know Melvin Gordon doesn't have good hands. All of a sudden he's got this huge fumbling problem. But anywho... Um, you know who I do, uh, you know who my next, you see, this is what I do. Either the guy blows up and he's great. Anyone, everyone knows he's great. So I just move on to the next guy. Um, I'm moving on to Rashad White, by the way. I know he's still a work in progress and I don't think you saw the tape, but I mean, you know, but I mean, they, they really elevated that kid to the number two spot. Like it's obvious they really like him. And yeah, he's uh, what, what, what type of player do you think? Uh, I mean, is there a comp right now for Rashad white? He's, he's very tough for me. Cause he's like an old school kind of guy, yeah. but he's versatile. Yeah. I mean, all I can do, I've seen him this year. You know, I just didn't see the game yet from, from uh, this week. Um, which of course I will because it was a big game, but I have. I think he moves well here in the NFL. Fish to fry, obviously, you know, before I got to that game. So all I can do is tell you, and I'm going to go back to my evaluation of him, okay? Because I think that ultimately, you know, I really liked him coming out. As you know, you and I discussed him quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Draft, okay? You liked him a lot right away as well. Right away. Right, and I watched the tape and, and watched a good amount of him and really liked him. So, you know, I'm looking, I said I, I said he was one of the most intriguing running backs in the class with his running and receiving profile. I said he will likely not be seen as a special runner, but there's no question his tape showed a tough competitive inside runner with patience and vision and efficient lateral agility and quickness to work effectively in confined space. I thought he showed a natural feel for defensive flow, um, I thought he ran with alert eyes. I thought he had a good sense of tempo. And then you had the receiving element. I mean, this guy was, he detached from the formation. He had really good hands. He ran multiple route concepts, not just, you know, check downs and flat routes. Um, I, 
I thought he was a very strong prospect who I thought could become an excellent NFL player given his combination of running and receiving traits. This is why we 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 have Greg around because it really is the, the complete package. And sometimes it works in 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 different orders. Like I see a guy and really like him, and then I see Greg is on board, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Or, right. or I, you know, what I mean, or Greg sees it, and then I, oh, here we, you know, what I mean, like I can't remember which was which. I think it was me first, and I was like, am I crazy or is this guy? Because I'm looking around like. Other guys rank him as like the 17th best back or the 18th. I'm like, right. what am I missing right. here? Am I crazy? No, and again, you know, there are certain people that I know do the, the work the right way um, as far as draft uh, evaluations. And those guys, even if I disagree with them, we you know, we have a different evaluation. I totally respect their work because of their process. Then there's a lot of other guys who are on social media who I know, and not to mention names, that's not the point, who I know are not studying the way I am. And, you know, those guys, I don't really – it doesn't matter to me what they think because I right. know they're not doing the work the right way. If you right. do the work the right way, your evaluation has merit and value. No matter whether you agree with my evaluation or not, yours has merit because you do it the right way. Sure. There are people who are very respected, and I know who is and isn't. Of course. Who we, all really down. we all know that, John. Right. And then I'm like – what am I missing? And then right. your your review comes in. I'm like, all right, this is great. This is it. Let's go. I'm in. Uh, I mean, Greg, not to go off on a tangent, but I could say the exact same thing about Romeo Dobbs because I watched oh. um, I watched uh, Rashad at uh, two days of practice. So it's rare for me to be able to see these kids live. Right. Uh, and same deal with Dobbs. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty intriguing. Then we saw your review. You Man. comped him to Devontae Adams. Which the team has comped him to as well. Oh, yeah. And you by know, the way, it's very evident, Greg. He already yeah. looks like it. Yeah, and, and just so people understand, you know, again, I know I've said this with you before, but ideally we have new listeners every week, which would be wonderful, um, is when I comped him to Devontae Adams, I was comping him to Devontae Adams based on my evaluation of Adams coming out of Fresno State, not last year's Devontae Adams in the mean, NFL. Devontae Adams wasn't Devontae Adams back then. Yeah, and people might forget he only had 45 or 46 catches his first NFL season. I mean, Romeo Dobbs is literally doing way better than Devontae Adams did early in his career. Right, so, I mean, that's what I comped him to. Devontae Adams coming out of Fresno, not Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in the NFL right now. But but when once you did that, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And then as soon as he got drafted by Green Bay, I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. Here it is. And right. uh, we called that so far in advance. It's unbelievable. But that, again, another good example of, you know, it's a, it's a team effort here uh, over at FantasyPoints.com. But uh, we go back to, uh, I guess, the task at hand, which is breaking down what you saw in week number four, another week of the Eagles offense here. And uh, we'll yeah, give and, us the- and there was a di- there was different this weekend. Maybe it was because of the weather. Obviously, you know, you were right. on the West Coast, so you weren't here for this weekend where we had a, basically a monsoon rain. Oh, uh, I was covering it on TV live, thinking of my my poor family. They must not have gone outside that day. Right. I mean, and if you caught it at the wrong time, man, it was it was coming down. Yeah. But the point is, is the Eagles are now showing John after the last two weeks, not this past Sunday, but the two weeks prior, almost showing that they've evolved into a passing team. This was a week where the weather made it a little more difficult to throw, and they went back to running the football. Miles Sanders had the most carries he's ever had in his Eagles career, in his NFL career, and they ran the ball exceptionally well against a really good defensive front. And 
Mm. Eagles had a, had a significant injury six plays in with a Mayalata. So they were playing with Jack Driscoll at left tackle literally for the whole game. So, so the point is, is they ran the ball against a really, really good front and they ran it well. I know you saw the Cardinal defense, but I guess I don't yeah. know how much you could take away against Baker because it, it, Boy, it sure seems like Baker is really struggling here. Yeah, though. I think there's two quarterbacks whose body of work now is such that after this year, you wonder if they will be seen as starters in the league, and that would be Baker and Wentz. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, neither one is, is terrible, obviously, um, and they're talented. I mean, I've talked to coaches who, who coach Baker Mayfield, and I, you know, again, I don't know what's in Baker Mayfield's head. That yeah. seems to be what people want to talk about. But I've talked to coaches who coached him, and everyone to a man says this kid's really talented. But something, you know, is not working somewhere along the line. I, I couldn't begin to tell you whether it's him, whether it's how yeah. he's coached the system. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. So I'm not looking to place blame on anybody. All I'm telling you is the film shows a quarterback right now. That does not look like he did two, three years ago. Yeah, I, I honestly, and you don't even need to address it because it's totally not your real house. But I, in some instances, you, you wonder in this day and age, like, you know, it just seems like some players don't have the same passion. You're seeing a lot of early retirements. So that's I, that always comes to my mind when somebody's like really that bad. I'm like, wow, right. I, I'm not sure that they are into it like they used to be. Uh but Jalen Hurts for sure is into it, Greg, because they're, they're making this transition. And it literally could not be going any better thus far, right, for, for Hurts in the offense? No, no. And I think it's a – see, to me, it's, it's a combination because I sit and study tape and I'm a believer in coaching and I've been watching tape for a long time and have been fortunate to be around great coaches who taught me. Uh, and I think it, the coaching staff, starting with the head coach, right to the coordinator, right to the quarterback coach, Brian Johnson – um, I think they're doing a phenomenal job with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, it's, don't forget, I think people think you're knocking a quarterback when you say that the coaching staff is doing a great job with play design and creating and defining reads. That's the job of the coaching staff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think people think that means you're ripping the quarterback. You're not. You know, that's what they're supposed to be doing. So I think they're doing all that. And then the quarterback has to execute, and Jalen Hurts is executing at a very high level. So you know that's you want it all to fit together like it's that. all working. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every unit on the Eagles are contributing here. It's a complete way, team effort. I can tell you right now that every week I watch the Eagles, and I never really studied him in any detail until this summer when I did my deep dive on Jalen. But um, the right tackle, Lane Johnson is so ridiculously good, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Wow. Best in the league, for sure, I bet. Oh, I don't know. Again, I haven't studied every right tackle. I just don't know how anybody could be playing better than him. That's that's all I would say. Yeah. you probably That's a, that's the feeling, and I'm not studying the tape, but I've said this actually dating the last year. That's the feeling I get when watching Andrew Thomas. I'm like, is anyone doing better than this guy out there at left tackle? I mean, I don't know. But neither him or the – Good matchup for the passing game here, Greg. You just watch this Cardinal D, you know. Yeah. I mean, no offense. I'm not that worried about, like, you know, Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy. So I'm looking at A.J. Brown. You know what the Cards did last week, which doesn't mean they're going to do it this week because they move people around a lot, is last week it might have been a function of Carolina. I don't know. 
they actually played on first and second down. Isaiah Simmons is their slot corner. Yeah. Wow. Now, Interesting. They didn't do that on third down. They went conventional by moving uh, Murphy inside and playing Trayvon Mullen on the outside with Marco Wilson. But on first and second down, they essentially played Isaiah Simmons as their, as their slot corner. Well, they've been doing it with Murphy, and he, I don't think he's been very good in the slot. Um, yeah, but I think he's talented. I mean, I haven't studied He is talented. I can't, I can't yeah. answer that, you know. Right. Um, you know, Marco well, I remember Wilson, from data points last year, when he was outside, it, it seemed like he was okay. And then they, when he was kicked inside, it's like, oh, he's a little little suspect. Marco Wilson was, you know, he's he's got talent too. Marco Wilson came from the same high school playing – American Heritage in Florida. He played on the same high school team with Patrick Sertan and Tyson Campbell. Wow. Yeah, that tends to happen. These, these guys seem to grow up in, in pockets. Uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray, you know, how much of the struggles can we simply point and to the, the offense here? Because it, it is pretty damn bland here, Greg. But what did you see out of Kyler last yeah, week? That's a, that's a great question, and it's a hard question to answer without a serious study of their offense, John, which unfortunately yeah. I can't do during my season. You yeah. Know, that's the kind of thing I would have to do in the off season. Um, yeah. But it might be easy for someone like me to say, oh, look, Kyler's out there. He doesn't watch tape. He doesn't know what's going on here. But maybe the offense and play design is, is part and, of the problem. And I don't want to say one way or the other because I don't right. know. Right. And you know me well enough to know if I don't know, I'm not going to sit here and rip Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not going to do that. You know, that's not the way I do my work. Um, but, you know, the thing they, they are truly struggling with, and like I said, without knowing, you know, all the details, they don't make any explosive plays now. You know, that's the killer. I mean, he's clearly made Hollywood Brown his guy, 39 yeah. targets in the last three weeks. Um, and obviously, uh, Hop isn't back yet. He doesn't come back, I guess, till week seven. Um, yep. I would say Murray overall was a little more efficient in the pocket this past week than he was against the Rams the week before when he wasn't really efficient at all. Um, but they're making no explosive plays either by design or with Murray and second reaction. That's the thing. He hasn't made those incredible second reaction plays, which seem you know we seem to be used to seeing. They haven't really been there. He doesn't seem to be willing to run that much either. Yeah, and I – um, I don't know that, you know, I don't know what's in his head, but the point is they're not being made. So therefore their offense is somewhat condensed. How much of it would you pin on the O-line? Cause that was one of my problems because they're um, getting older. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great question. But the one thing about Murray is because he's always been short is he's, he has a great ability to make off balance throws and throws falling away, John. Sure. And sure. You can throw the ball. Great doing that. Because yeah, probably done that since he started playing football. Obviously, he was never tall, so he has a, he makes great throws sometimes when he's falling away. Um, that's just who he is. But so that's a hard question about the O line because he can kind of compensate for it at times as well. And, and what are we doing with Rondell Moore? I mean, it's well, it's early. That, that is a phenomenal question, John. Because yeah. when all said and and I'm not sure to be honest. Right. Yeah, what are we doing here? Day, he's 5'7". And yeah. yes, he's an explosive athlete. All that good stuff, but he's 5'7". So, you know, he catches – most of the stuff he does is, is behind the line of scrimmage or very close to the line of scrimmage. So I don't know if they plan on expanding that. I don't know if it can be expanded. I don't know the answer to that question. 
uh, Wondell Robinson's only, I guess, an inch tall. I feel like Wondell Robinson can be like way more impactful than Rondell. I, I, I don't kind of know. I feel the same way too. Now, until it happens, we don't know, but I kind of feel that way. Yes. Yeah. And, and Wondell is a great kid. I, I never interviewed a Rondell, but Wondell is a great kid. I mean, the kid went to the SEC, transferred, changed positions, caught a hundred balls. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty darn good. Well, uh, some other items here taken from Greg Cosell's film study um, coming out of week four. You know, Greg, I was way out in front on this Ram offense struggling. And, you know, I'm not – nothing personal. I'm just – I'm trying to get it right for fantasy. And, you know, last year I was all in on Stafford. This year I just felt different momentum and – well, what what are you seeing out here? I mean, no one – well, Higby's doing really well. But, I mean, this is pretty absurd. I don't know if we can make it a whole year with Cooper Cup. With, with this kind of target share, it, it's ridiculous, Greg. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, clearly they have offensive line issues, and that's going to be an issue this week. See, I think that, that Sean McVay, as most offensive-minded coaches do, they always want to get five out, meaning all five eligible receivers out. But at the end of the day, you don't have a pass game if you can't protect. And they're struggling yeah. in that area. They're playing backups. Right. They're struggling. Note Boom has, has been up and down a left tackle. He wasn't good week one. Then he was much better week two than this week against a really good 49er defense, maybe the best in the league. He struggled again. So – you know, they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. They played a lot less empty this year, probably because they don't protect as well. And, you know, and even though Stafford can move, he at his core, he's a pocket quarterback. Um, yeah. And there's the efficiency is not there. So, you know, I think Sean McVay and staff will have to do some serious thinking about how they want to make sure that they can protect their quarterback. And if that means chips, if that means six man protections on occasion, you know, then they're going to have to do that because, like I said, you don't have a passing game if you can't protect. Yeah, and they don't have a running game. It's a grab bag. It's a week-to-week proposition. Week to week. Yeah, it's week-to-week week for sure. I would agree with that a thousand percent. And that's a, that's a tough that's a tough deal. That yeah. really is. And then now this week, I mean, here we go. Here we go again. It's another matchup that could really be problematic well, here for the Rams and yeah, staff. I mean, you got Parsons, you got Lawrence, you got Sam Williams, the rookie who's had a lot of good reps for the you know, for uh, the Cowboys, um, you know, they got, they got a really good D line. So no, this is, this is a tough matchup. You're going to see how they feel they have to play against this defense because Lawrence and Parsons can, can wreck your, your pass game a little bit. I mean, you're going up against Cooper rush. You, you would think like run the ball. I mean, you know, like, but I just don't know if they can consistently right. enough with, with Cam Akers. Oh boy, it's a it's it's going to be apps. If, if Cooper Cup can keep this up for another, was it thirteen games? I mean, put him in the hall now. I mean, <laughs> has there ever been a more indefensible player receiver that that? I mean, I would argue that Cooper Cup is harder to shut down than Jerry Rice. Uh, I don't know if you want to go there yet, John. You okay, can go there, but I, I'm just saying in terms of. When you think about it, though, even back in the day, like, was there ever an environment where, like, Rice is all they have. We know he's getting the ball, and he still catches 12. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know if he did that. I mean, I'm a Vikings fan. I 
put it this way. I know it's only one game, and it, I'm not saying anything negative about the GOAT. I mean, I saw Jerry Rice's entire career. But in the NFC Championship in 1987, my Vikings held Jerry Rice probably in the peak of his career to, like, two catches. Like, that that's not happening, you know, with Cup. Like, well, you, well, can- you know, yeah. I, know, I know, John. I'm just saying <clears> – <throat> Let the, yeah, look, I love Cooper Cup. I loved him from we we used, we talked about him the year he came out. I told you the guy could roll out of bed and be a great slot receiver. I think you probably remember. Of course, when he came out of Eastern Washington before he played one snap in the NFL. So I mean, I, I'm not saying I predicted that he'd catch 146 balls. No one would know that, <clears throat> but I knew he could come right in the league and be a good slot receiver. No, oh, for sure. I predicted that he would be a football nerd. Because uh, that was my nickname when I talked with him at the combo. I'm like, you know what? This guy's an actual football nerd, and I think that that is held up. Uh, but again, I, not to harp on it, but I don't think I've ever seen a guy where you know where it's going and you're not stopping him. Like right. Randy Moss has been shut down for a game for oh. or two. Uh, anywho, Greg, we can move on. It's neither here nor there. But Seattle, real quick, you know. You know, what is the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? I, I feel like I'm there with uh, Geno Smith because I've been questioning him uh, thus far. I haven't really, you know, given him the vote of the confidence, but here it is four games in a row. How well do you think he's playing on film and you think he could keep this up all year? Well, that's a tough question, but I think he's playing yeah. extremely well. In fact, I'm going to yeah. do a piece on him in the matchup show because his 77% completion percentage through four games the first four games of the season is the best in NFL history. And his numbers, you know, in, in certain situations, I'm going to get to them because I, I made it a point to put them in my notes and they're worth mentioning. I'm just trying to find them, of course, now now that I want to tell you. What of I course. Know. I can't. Of course. You know, that, you know how that. Well, here they are. I, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to mention yeah. one thing about, too, Rashad Penny. Like, Go ahead. The first couple games, it's like, yeah, he, they're working in other guys. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, hello, did we not remember last year? You got to feed Penny the ball. Like, and they finally did do that last week. Oh, look, lo and behold, he popped off these long runs like he did last year. So here's here's just three numbers. And, you know, as we start to get toward the end tonight, here is Smith out of 12 personnel through four games, meaning one back, two tight ends, 30 for 36 for 286 yards and four touchdowns. Here's Smith versus Blitz, meaning five man or more pressure. 28 for 35 for 286 and three touchdowns. Here's Smith on play action. 34 for 39 for 326 yards and two touchdowns. You think if the Broncos could go back in time, uh, they'd pay Geno what they're paying Russell Wilson? No, just kidding there. Yeah. But, I mean, well, I, I, he's got to be playing better than Russell on tape, like way better. He is playing better right now than Russell on tape. And, and again, that's a statement about now. I'm not, you know, no right. one's suggesting that Geno Smith is, you know, on his way to the Hall of Fame, but he's playing really good football right now. One more, um, the Bills' offense. I feel personally that Josh Allen, even going back to last year, is kind of masking some deficiencies here. I, I feel they're a little precarious. Um, I agree. Yeah, and it, to me, Greg, I feel they need Gabe Davis. I feel like big and he's time. He's not been very good the last couple of weeks. Last week was really bad. He's had some drops. Yeah. You know, um, look, I think if you're being objective about tape study, John, and that's what I try to be, and we all love Josh Allen. That's not the point. Um, but 
their O line is probably average. They have almost no meaningful run game. Yep. So, you know, they're a Josh Allen based team. I mean, on offense, obviously they've got yeah. a really, really good defense. Um, but on offense, it's Josh Allen. And, you know, I, I keep saying, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he's just so great and as time yeah, goes yeah, on, we'll yeah, find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to ask your quarterback to be Superman every week. Agreed. And they're asking him to do that, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Well, here's one, Greg. It would not surprise me, because, look, they, they have a window right now. It's a Super Bowl window that they're in. If they made a trade for McCaffrey or Barkley, because the Giants and Panthers are going nowhere. Right. Well, Barkley has more rushing yards by a Giant in the first four games of a season than anyone since 1950. Could you imagine Barkley plopped into that offense right now? Well, the point is, is no matter who the back is, they're not going to be a running team, John, but they need to run with more volume. And having said that, I don't mean they need to have 35 carries a game. That's not the point. But you can't have, you know, eight carries a game. That's hard. It's just hard to play. Are they winning? And someone listening might say, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. They're winning. You know, yes, I know they're winning. But I can't believe deep down when the coaches sit around at night, you know, after their after practice and their film study and, you know, the, what coaches do, that they're saying this is the exact way we want to play. Oh, they're not feeling warm and fuzzy about where they're at offensively, I think, even dating back to last year, honestly. And Yeah. yeah. One so, more. Um, Zach Wilson yeah, seemed he, like he tried to play a little bit like last year, trying to do a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, there were ups and downs in his game this week. I thought he made some, you know, he made some great throws. And in the second half, I thought he made some really good throws. Um, there's just an, 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 an undisciplined nature to his game, a recklessness yeah. to his game. Um, he throws a lot of balls off balance. Uh, he'll be inaccurate on some because of that. And then he'll make a, a wow throw where you go, oh, my God, this guy can throw it. Because he can throw it, John. Yeah, but yeah. I can tell you right now that most people, when he came out, that I talked to in the league, and the tape told you this, he's a better thrower, just a pure throw of the football than Trevor Lawrence. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean well, – that, that that's not saying he's a better quarterback right now than Trevor Lawrence, but he's just a better, more natural, easy thrower of the football. Um but he's got a lot of work to do. You know, he was really good this week. They came back and won, which is great. Um, and he made throws against man, against different zones. I mean, he, he made some good throws. You can't, no question. Yeah. But I still think there's a lot there that needs to become far more consistent or he'll be a week-to-week player. You just wonder if he can rein it in, I guess, play, quote-unquote, within the system or a little more discipline. Yeah, that's what he needs. Or is this who he is and will always be, basically, I guess. Um, uh, That is the big question. And, and Greg, I cannot wait. I know it's a smaller sample to see um, if you're able to check out Kenny Pickett. I will. I thought. He only only threw 13 balls, so, yeah. I mean, the the ability and the inclination to push it down the field to George Pickens was fantastic. Well, that's that's the thing is, you know, and that, see, to me, that was the troubling thing about – Trubisky is the yeah. wide receivers were essentially not factors. And yep. if your wide receivers are not factors at some point, you got to say that you need a quarterback to get the ball to your wide receivers. I think we're going to be in good shape with Ken Pickett. I think everything we said, every By the way, they're we in made. Buffalo this week, he could have yeah. a bad game, but right. I think you got to play him. 
You know, got to play him. Opinion. You know, hey, Mike Tomlin and staff are there every day. In my view, you got to play Kenny Pickett. Feel good. Feel good about him. Calvin Austin gonna. They got to get Calvin Austin in the mix there too. And I would agree. You know, talk about pushing the ball down the field because you know Chase Claypool. No offense, dude. Uh, not good, but Greg, you're good. You, uh, you didn't like Clay Paul coming out, by the way. Uh, you didn't love the tape and the transition, no, and you were you were correct, sir. You were correct, sir. Well, <laughs> that'll wrap it up uh, for Greg Cosell. I'm John Hanson. Just a little snippet there. The content over at FantasyPoints.com. Once again, promo code Hanson22. Save yourself 10% off the subscription. Rest of the way, we did just lower the prices as well. Uh, And then if you're a subscriber, check out the live stream with me, Greg and Adam, every Thursday night. For Greg, I'm John. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Oh,